G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Uh, this has been an interesting weekend's worth of racing. I think a lot of the, the best of it was in Sydney, it has to be said, but uh, there were some highlights all around the country and Jackson Oldham, Shane Curlio, here to help me find uh, any path through the narrative because it's been on overload the last 48 hours. Uh, Jacko, if I start with yourself, Bendigo, if I can sum it up in... 10 words or less, how does it play so differently year on year? Yeah, it's it's quite unbelievable. I came in expecting you want to be on speed rails and run, and you couldn't win if you were in the in lane sort of one to three. Um, we'll, we'll touch uh, on we'll touch on Bendigo a little bit more, but anyway, the data is staggering there. Um, Curls, welcome. Um, was there one highlight or low light that really sticks out in your mind from the weekend just gone? Overall, uh, the low light was Flasher winning at Bendigo and me not seeing it in. <laughs> um, as for highlights, um, no. no, no. Oh, well, they raced in Sydney. That was nice, but we'll talk <laughs> about that races. later, I suppose. Okay. All right. So let's start with Bendigo then. So in terms of the track itself, lanes one to four, you go to your punting form, wides and over the last 400 meters really the cunning fox was lane four out to lane six gun deck was lane three out to lane six point nepian or however you want to say it was in the staying race first first off the rank and you know managed to hold that inside but that was really against nothing um you couldn't really win if you're in lanes one to four on the straight and i think looking at the golden mile we're we're talking about um, who might be best suited, and obviously Ironclad came out, and then we're looking at I Am Superman, and I think that run has enormous merit, given that it's settled behind uh, Luna Fox, that was beaten 27 lengths, and uh, at no stage did it ever seem to get clear running. Cherry Tortoni was good in the clear best of the day performance, but Jacko, like, you're looking at this race in hindsight, and like, what do you take out of it? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one to sort of try and review I thought like coming in I thought Cherry Tony was going to be completely unsuited and then it's kind of got the just complete run of the race and it's held its price so in hindsight was it was it an easy bet to have probably and I haven't had it so that's disappointing um yeah the map just got turned on its head and like it's run a strong figure like Cherry Tony here and it's probably going to go wherever it goes if it continues it's and start and probably going to be unsuited and probably going to be too short so i don't think there's a heap to take out of this race really no i mean look there's a lot of horses here in fact the entire field's broken the class benchmark there so yeah look it's probably going to be one of those races where a lot of these horses might have a good platform going forward but yeah you then question what races they end up at um so you have to take it case by case i guess don't you but you know very fast tempo it's always a good grounding for a lot of these um Looking at a few of the other races on the card, was there anything else that really stood out as a, a horse to follow or a good performance? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. In terms of in terms of horses to follow, uh, I thought Tinandali was really good. Uh, resuming in race two, it speed one hundred and one, like one hundred and one bucks. But it's really nice type from the yard. And I thought it, it hit the line really well. So it's probably a horse to follow. A lot of these were either like, you know, pe- like Coles Ridge, 
resuming home track Bendigo Cup day, like, or they're, this is sort of end of prep. I don't think there's sort of heaps of horses that are going to come out of this and bounce off. So, sort of Tinnadali's probably one. But yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a ho hum meeting. It was also windy as and about ten degrees out there. It was not an enjoyable day out at Bendigo. It must be said. And look, um, we we are going to talk about the Marustas team, and we've given them plenty of praise over the last month or so. But was there something that did they just like not turn up at all? Like there was a number of horses that they had relatively firm in the market that just did not perform. Yeah, well, starting in Queen was so. Well, one of those I thought walked a, not a lot, probably a lot worse than I saw at Flemington. Yeah. Um, sort of really went back backwards out of the parade, I thought, um, and was a little bit unsuited. Probably the only race where you wanted to be on speed all day, apart from the staying race, even though the horses did get out into those wider lanes, was probably a little bit unsuited by the pattern as well. But, yeah, I was, um, I was expecting a pretty good parade and I was going to probably have a bet off that but yeah paraded paraded poorly so i wasn't sure what to make of the camp yeah i mean they literally they literally didn't turn up because they were all in sydney yeah and and why wouldn't they have been yeah anyone with with half an idea was not out there at bendigo on saturday yeah all right let's head up to uh well kels do you want to touch on flash r before we leave bendigo Look, why not? Um, I was singing its praises and said, like, if anyone's out there, I think I appealed to Bray. Um, (laughs) Legitimately did touch base with uh, an associate of Bray's um, last year and said, try and buy this horse. Um, It's it's trained. It's not – the training is – it was never trained by the person that was in the book as the trainer. A lot of owner influence, and it just – it was – always going to explode with someone that knew what they were doing. And I did not see it in Saturday. I had no clue it was in. I blame Jackson. <laughs> I blame Jack Dickens for fucking retiring and not making me aware of this. Um, look, it's like 41s in the 31s, pissed in, recorded the sixth or seventh fastest last furlong of the meeting. Like, I don't know what future races are coming up, but just back it for everything. Could win the Cox Plate. Could run second to her Totsu in a Cox Plate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I'm telling you, this, cool. this this horse has got a motor. I'm telling you, I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've been serious about this horse for a, saying it, singing its praises for a long time. But it could go down south and do something. I'm just like, I cannot believe that this wasn't discussed. How did this not come up on the radar that it was in? I'm, Filthy on it. Anyway, um, one horse to follow. It's a horse to follow. <laughs> Just wherever it goes. Fourth, Stradbroke handicap, anywhere. Oh, whatever. Um, limitless. Uh, fourth training um, I'd, team I'd be, as well. I'd be questioning the camp, sort of. Oh, well, that's why it went around $31. Yeah, but, uh, sort of deeper in a preparation. Like that, that could well be its peak, I, I just mentioned. But yeah, well, maybe. Um, you, I don't know. Right. Well, let's go to Sydney Move on, because you know that was where all the the good stuff was, so to speak. We had Mr. Brightside winning at Doncaster, which is great because I backed it to beat Zaki in the what was the race, the lead up to the All Star Mile, whatever that one was, Jackson, which inspirational girl one? Yeah, the oh, All Star Mile. Yeah, yeah. 
It wasn't you blaming. Know, it led on some like awfully slow tempo and yep. Yep. here it is winning at 20s or whatever. It's great. And, uh, you know, Fireburn still just kicking their heads in for the two-year-olds. But Hitotsu, I guess, visually was probably one of the better performances that I've seen just in terms of watching the race. The data itself isn't anything to write home about, but that's mm. no real surprise because... You know, staying ranks and, and not a great tempo up front. But uh, I guess the question we wanted to raise was, is Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace, are they the best trainers in Australia at the moment? Curls, I'll start with you. Uh, no, um, <laughs> they're not. Because they're not trainers. Um, they're a, like a sports team. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they're the... They're certainly not the coaches. They're probably the cap, the co-captains. Um probably like you know Messi and Ronaldo playing in the same team um and co-captaining you know their um their structure their business their how they operate the the white jackets as I call them the data team um obviously have, have been well documented and Kieran sung their praises a lot it's a changing it's a changing of the guard in racing and these mid-sized trainers that don't adapt will die the bigger will get bigger um they're the best operation. Whether you know, there's, I'm sure there's probably better horsemen than Dave Eustace out there. There's, you know, possibly that you know can't get a horse. Yeah, because those days are over. It was funny. I was talking with uh, a few of the guys on course at Ascot, and I was saying, well, imagine if Bob Peters decided to send his horses to Kieran Maher, Dave Eustace. It probably just wouldn't work because Bob's so old school in terms of like, I want my horses to be prepared this way. We're going to go through like these races. We're going to follow this formula and just do this. Mm. Whereas, like, the Ma Eustace team are just going, well, like, we don't need to run, you know, Hitotsu four times to make the Australian Derby. We can just go first up, win the Guineas, go second up straight into the Derby. We've already clocked it on wet tracks. We know exactly what yep. its fitness capability is. We know exactly what its weight is. We've got all this data and all these metrics and it's like, bang, done. 20 years, 20 years ago, and I think a, a lot of trainers will still be following it, um, Bart Cummings said that yeah. horses need 10,000 kilometres <laughs> worth of runs in their legs before they can win a Melbourne Cup. Exactly. Um, this, this horse will win first up in a Melbourne Cup if they want it to. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it doesn't it just look like a Cox Plate moral unless it goes Cox up plate. against Animo, which knowing racing in this country, there'll be some bastardised way of it not happening. Again, like yeah. this morning, the Villiers is now a $2 million race in December, Come on. just in time to coincide with the end of the Perth Carnival. So the Perth Carnival is completely just stuffed now because there's all these races going the entire way through that are worth more money than the Perth Carnival. Why would you come here? Um, like, racing is so far up its own ass at times that you just wonder, and, like, uh, how, and do I'm you, tell, how can you yeah, judge I'm, these? The Villiers is the biggest dog shit race <laughs> for that money. Yeah, I mean, surely they'll be assuming that there's going to be horses in work in December that are going to target this race now. Like, like did Chris Wallard like not have a $2 million race to race in December for his well, uh, keeper numbers and they just put it on for him? Like, give me a spell. They, they have a look at the, the, have a look at the honor roll of Villiers winners. It's a, it's a lot about timing. It's much about yeah. prize money. Kubrick will be in it. <laughs> yeah, one. will be. Yeah. Um, there's a number of Queensland open handicappers yeah. in the uh, Star Thoroughbreds colours that'll be targeted for it now as well. I assume they still and they'll, and they'll run it and they'll run a personal best on the day. Well, yeah, exactly. 
but you know, I assume they still get the entry into the Doncaster. So then you're all of a sudden racing around in December and you have to peak again in start of April. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, anyway who, who knows? Mario's his team will win. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, but yep. Kieran Ma did suggest that Hitotsu, uh, you know, obviously they, they wouldn't be shy about targeting the Melbourne Cup. And then the Japan Cup's the logical, you know, dream race to win overseas because of the breeding of the horse. And the, obviously the fast ground, the hard ground in Japan, which um, mm. obviously you can't mention in Australia because people are allergic to the concept of racing on a firm track. But... Meanwhile, the Japanese horses have taken over the world when they travel. Winning everywhere. If anyone hasn't realised that, like, if you're going to an international carnival, like, if you're going to, I don't know why, but if you decide to go on one of those racing tours to Dubai, and if you're actually allowed to bet in Dubai, I'm not exactly sure about this, but either way, you get someone back in Australia to place all your bets for you just in case you get thrown into prison if it is illegal. (laughs) But you just back the Japanese horses and everything. Yeah. It's really easy, isn't it? But personally, I would love to see Hitotsu run in Hong Kong, like the, the VARs. Oh Jesus! It would eat them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe up against some Japanese horses, the locals. I'd love to see him just kick Golden Sixty's head in. Like honestly, like if I've ever heard about a horse, we'll get to Nature Strip in a second. But Golden Sixty is beating the same horses week in week out. His Twenty peak, times. His peak punting form figure is eleven point five minus eleven point five. Like if if bring him to the Cox Plate, uh, it's, he'll um, run second last. Uh, it, it's also an eagle farther almost uh, around, around 11.5 on the weekend. So, yeah. We'll get to that later, Jackson. I have oh, identified the next incentivize. Sorry, oh. sorry. I know Bray watches this show specifically for these little snippets. We might have to get Bray on the show as a regular just so he can come through and say, what are we targeting this week, Bray? What's on the, what's on the, <laughs> the shopping list? All right, uh, Nature Strip again peaks in a grand final. So where do we want to start with this? From a personal point of view, I backed Eduardo because I thought Nature Strip looked pretty poor last start. And then obviously he's just gone a little bit better than what he did previous start, and that's all it took to actually win the race. Um, I personally hope he goes overseas. We never see him race in Australia again because it'll just make things easier. Um yeah, you know, it'll be good for the narrative if an Australian sprinter wins overseas. But if he fails overseas, what does that mean for the Australian sprinting ranks? Because I'm not convinced that we've still got anywhere near the same sprinters that we had 10 years ago, let alone five years ago. Well, we have about two or yeah. three. Depending on if home affairs has completely ended <laughs> after that, we have two and a half sprinters in this country. Yeah. I don't, yeah, who are they? Well, Home Affairs is the half, and then Eduardo and Nature Strip. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm um, just being too old and, and cynical, but, like, you know, this I, I despise this talk of grand final trainer because racing has a long and tainted history of grand final trainers. <laughs> and in my lifetime, there's been a lot. They've all come and they've all gone the same way. It's... Um, I hate it. I hate the narrative around it. And I think you're right, uh, Jack. I suppose the, the question the question is, is our Nature Strip and Eduardo like just two freaks of their generation and, and the rest of those sprinters would be perfectly good group one winning sprinters without, you know, is that my trying to make making sense what I'm saying here? Are we just seeing yep. two like out and out really good sprinters and and everything else is just a good no, well 
group the horse. No good, aren't they? Like overpasses run midfield here. I took above even money in an in an English race down the straight about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, what dead set? What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I, look, I would hate to have a slot in the Everest and trying to work out who I'm going to put in it right oh. now. Nightmare. In the first couple, and then what else do you put in? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Shelby 66, in case it's a heavy 15. I know it was I haven't even, I've even heard of these horses, <laughs> some of these horses. Who's Bellucci Babe? It's run fourth. Mm. I've never heard of it. That, to be honest. Zoo Tories are like a like a Flemington straight track twelve hundred meter throwing at the weights flute to group one type operator, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a it's a group two eleven hundred meter horse. Shelby sixty six winning the the galaxies. Like if you're looking for uh the our sprinters are no good this season statement piece, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rule that, that... of law, Mask Crusader, Rock and Horse. Didn't it win down the straight? Good Flemington. Yeah, it was yeah. the, the Glen Boss. Glen Boss uh, Tactical Nightmare Race. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The uh, tactician. And it's so you're looking at it and going, well, this has been like the the one autumn carnival where every single track's been a heavy nine or worse or whatever it's been like, just horrible. Mm. Is it really any guide to how good any of these horses are? I don't probably, know, probably not. not. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it just seems like, I know a lot of people are saying, like, that was a narrative over the last 24 hours. Nature Strip's now clearly the second best sprint we've had behind Black Caviar. The problem is, is that he never raced against Haylist or Buffering or Black Caviar or Chautauqua or any of these other, like, incredibly good sprinters that were able to pull stuff out of their ass and just win because they were just hungrier. Whereas Nature Strip just seems to just turn up on his grand final and that's it and beat a whole bunch of just like ragtag gallopers. Mm. That's all he has to do. Yeah. At the end of the day. And now he's the best in the world. So, yeah, I personally hope he goes overseas and gets pants and then maybe we can have another think about how good our sprinters are and maybe stop retiring three-year-olds. That'd be an idea. Anyway. Retirement too. be more fun. Is there anything else in the world that's any good over 1,200 metres? Don't know. Okay. This, this is the great thing about racing. Everyone's patriotic <laughs> to their own bloody group of walkers and we all hope that when they bound together on the one day that uh, we can cheer home a winner. It's like, the, it's like the World Cup, except the Socceroos might probably not make it. In fact, that'll be the best thing for Australian soccer, surely. If I haven't the made it. Don't make it. Well, they've got like that sort of weird sort of backdoor thing but they're going horribly oh italy hasn't qualified yeah but given how just completely cast the a-league is is it any surprise that the socceroos are no good at the moment i i was at my first and ever a-league game uh last season and there was dead set about 25 people there yeah Mm, 20 of them were betting (laughs) (laughs) that's a great call oh great um great for racing anyway yeah um still it's good that we've got a We've got to hang on to a horse like Nature Strip because, you know, like lo and behold, if we actually celebrate a Victorian horse like a Totsu that goes up to Sydney and stamps itself as the best stayer in Australia, I'd uh, I'm anti very elegant. Is it running this week? Can't wait till it gets its head kicked in by Dewey. <laughs> so good. All right, uh... I'm just pissed off with that horse's figure in the Melbourne Cup. I'm 
like I'll never recover. Yeah. Oh, when it comes to data, I just like. Fuck I've been off. against it its whole career, its whole career, and then just bolts in a Melbourne Cup and runs that figure. I was like, okay, well, I was wrong, but am I wrong? No idea. Absolutely no idea. Yeah, we better move on, or I'm going to just start whinging for the next three hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's quickly touch on <laughs> Adelaide because we did preview the uh, the Manor High and uh, Lombardo won pretty easily. But yeah, thanks for that. I mean, look, none of us were really able to make a case for it given the way that it just sort of dawdled down the straight Derek Flemington. There's no real figure. And to be fair, looking at the data here, although it's performed best on the day, second best on the card was Gaze Grease, uh, only half a length inferior to Lombardo. And again, there's not a great deal of data here to suggest that the horse is actually going that well. So if he lands back in Melbourne next start, has to be another take on job. Yeah, look, it, as it turned out, it just got like completely blessed. Yeah. They walked for class um, and just had a better run than the, than the main danger. Yep. That was the difference. Um, great ride too, little Spano. Got it in the right spot, won the race. Friend of the show. Well, it was until I potted him last week, probably. We know how precious these sports people can be. <laughs> well, every other sports person you can have an opinion on, except for jockeys. Extra time uh, ran quite well first up. Yes, you did highlight that. If, um, if, if anybody cares. Not really. That's the last race I'll be looking in Adelaide ever. Yeah, f- fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be too far behind you, Kills. Um, um, hey, but hey, but the captain's picks had a winning start. Hey, except all the wins are in Sydney, which makes me just like completely rethinking what I'm doing in my life. Um, Ascot, look, there was only really one horse to focus on, Amelia's Jewel, who... It was the Amelia Park Caracatta Plate, won by Amelia's Jewel. So the winning owner, Peter Walsh, Presented the trophy to himself, which was outstanding. Um, good. It's run a race record. It's not only just won, won the race, it's completely killed them under a handbrake. And, you know, complete full credit because the the stallion is something, I think, from France, maybe in the Aga, the Aga Khan. Siuni. 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 The damn Bumpasina. So they'd just gone like well and truly off the off the beaten track to find like a, a, a proper horse and Jackson like this thing will end up over your way soon. A proper walker, outstanding type. And even after she had the rug put on her, she was just like just looming around the mounting yard, just controlling it, just like eyeballing nothing else that was there. Still with a perfect walk post race, she barely would have blown out a candle. I think. Um, I don't know how there's going to be a three year old that beats her in any of the feature races here uh, later this year. Big, strong, last 200 metres again. Yeah. yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, 15th for the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, And, like, within its own steam. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a proper horse, proper horse. Uh, look, there's nothing else to, to really mention there at Ascot. It was, uh, it, there's, it's in that sort of flux at the moment um, where a lot of favourites are winning. It's probably just uh, signalling that the track is coming towards the end of the season although it would have been nice if it started this way because we were backing a lot of horses on speed and they weren't winning it was all off speed and now it's on speed and it's just favorites winning which is just not my go anyway curls you did mention earlier at the next incentivize what have you got 
a little bit of a stretch saying it's the next incentivize, it's probably the next Spanish mission. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm saying that in jest. Um, big uh, figure returned by the winner of race one, Ostermeyer. Um, in the 2200 metre benchmark 78 uh, on an off-season Saturday in Queensland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The race, I'm just, sorry, I'm just going to go to all benchmark here because I was looking for class. 10.1. Yeah. 12 for the right, negative 12. 12 lengths quicker for the race, lead time. Yep. He went out casually in 10.1, got home in, still got home under. Um, to return a figure of negative 10.9. Now, if I just made some quick notes here, um, Zaki and Incentivize are two horses that have a better figure than it. (laughs) Right. End of um, trained at Toowoomba. Um, uh, Alyssa and Troy Sweeney, who... Wouldn't have a, a stack of horses in work. Um, so, enormous win. I mean, the tempo was ridiculous. Um, and, and, and ever gone under the all benchmark in its career, in its uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 start career prior to yep. the weekend, never gone under benchmark, and then yep. runs a career PB by about 16 lengths. Interesting stuff. Oh, that's, you know, it's not unusual in, in Queensland, these temp, you know, normally these staying races are walking tempos and Austin Meyer sits back and runs on. Yep. Um, he failed last start on a heavy track, but, you know, in a, in a genuinely run race. So that tells me that this horse can go up in class um, and, you know, sit and, and, you know, sit on better speeds in better quality races. And still finish off. Yeah, well... Either Bray, or. Bray buys it, sends it to, or Chris buys it, Waller buys it, or someone. We can sort of, we can arrange that. There's four or five Waller runners a week in these sort of milder 2,000 metre races normally in Queensland. So just put it in any race that Spanish Mission's going to be in, and put a nose roll on. If it doesn't already have one. Anyway, um, that was the biggest figure out of Queensland. That says a little bit about. Um, the state of play currently um, going into the little lull period before going in the winter carnival. Um, worth noting the on-speed runners were beaten 17 or 25 lengths, yep. respectively. Probably understandable given the tempo they were running. Mm. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, a look at the week ahead. Now, Jackson, you've got a bet at Mornington today, a bet at Ballarat tomorrow. I did notice Correct. that Ballarat tomorrow is uh, one of those tasty ones where it's like, I think two horses have had a start previously and the rest are all first first starters. Yep, um, and it's a uh, Tony and Calvin Maffaboy horse and they tend to go well at Ballarat and it ran into jump out and gave the winner of the two-year-old race at Bending on Saturday complete win burn. So I thought it was a bet. Uh, yeah, so we got those two bets. Don't expect to have any more for those two meetings. Then we then we're on the lake side on Wednesday for the yep. first time in ages. This is the last uh, midweek at Sandown or the last meeting at Sandown for about a month. Uh, Kilmore, a couple of maidens there Thursday. No mounting up mail from Cranbourne Friday night. I'm headed down to a GMHBA stadium for a 
Geelong Brisbane Lions Friday night. Lovely. And then thank God we're back in the Metro track for Caulfield Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, quick thoughts on Geelong versus Brisbane? Um, it'll be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, Brisbane are competitive slash win. But what, Competitive? Oh, Fucking I've morals, Jackson. I, I've been to a Brisbane win in about six years. So They're morals. I, just, I, I would like to see a good game. They're morals. The only team that will beat Brisbane... Well, Brisbane, Melbourne grand final, which I told you in our chat group. You did. I've been saying that for three months. Yeah. It's yep. almost as a bigger collect, almost as good a collect as a Totsu winning the Cox Plate for future punters. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. Curls, what have you got coming up this week? Had one bet at Queensland, at Queensland, one bet at Doomben today. <laughs> um, this show should probably go out before the race. Uh, Jason Deemer bringing up an ex-Victorian horse that you guys, or Jackson, might know. Um, it's called... It's got a name. It's good. Here it is. Race <laughs> 5, number 4, Sensationalism. Oh, um, yeah. I did, Mick, did Mick Price have it? Or... Yes. Anyway. Yep. Mick may have had it. Um, now, it gets... gets Comes to a class two plate in Doomben on a Monday afternoon with 57 kilos. Brings form behind some horses you may have heard of Foxy Frieda, Stay Gold, Yonts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, start for, first start for the Dima Yard it was six weeks between, ran third to Ring a Rosa on a heavy track and drops a kilo in weight to get to a class two plate in Brisbane on a Monday, which is a automatic bet. Uh, well, I'll give out, um, speaking of uh, team Kieran Maher, David Eustace, Mornington race two, number eight, Bala Serene, Bala something, Bala Serene, um, two jump outs, jumped out like a jet, um, gate one on speed, should be winning. Got to get you right, Bella's here, Jackson. Um, now, Kels, just before we leave Queensland, how did you find doing the uh, little audio previews for the uh, for the subs? Over the last week, I, I watched the the preview on that you sent out, the preview link on YouTube. That was very good. Yeah, it was great finding a sixteen dollar winner with our first bet and winning yeah. half a unit for the day. Um, frustrating. I, uh, found it a bit of a rush actually. The audio in those no bet races in particular, I was like waiting last minute, last minute, last minute. You know, looking for a for a Waller firm, a late on the fair and. Um, Found one with gold bullfinch or something, but it was too late. Uh, you know, drifted. The one I liked, Festival Prince, was like three fifty out of ten dollars on the fair, and I wanted to be on it. And it's got beat a nose by the by the supported Waller runner. So, yeah, I was I was cutting a bit fine there on that on the audio um, because of that, because that's just the way I operate in those races where I haven't bet. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll be more organised this week. Um, getting the, the preview out Thursday evening and um, taking advantage of that. Uh, really, the thing I liked about it the most, Pistol, is that I didn't put a lot of time into Toowoomba and Gold Coast because I focused on Brisbane. Yep. And the horses that I would have backed at those two venues all got rolled as favourites. So Perfect. I think that's the universe telling me something. Saving. Winning. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we'll jump online on Thursday. We'll preview whatever's happening this weekend. Obviously, there's Caulfield and... I don't know, somewhere in Brisbane. It's the WA Derby, which will probably be a, oh. another race that no one cares about. So, uh, And luckily enough, Atotsu's not running in the WA Derby. So, 
you know, I can rest easy. Um, but guys, yeah, enjoy the next few days. Go well. Catch up on Thursday. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Pistol.